What is going on, all you titans of tabletop out there? Ooh, good one. And welcome to Split Screen D&D. My name's Tom Quinn, resident dungeon master here at Modern Myth. And I'm Josh Winans, resident player character here at Modern Myth. And uh, I think we've, uh, I think we've got a, we've I got think a this is gonna be one. a banger why, one. Why don't you uh, bring us in on this one? Because I think it was your baby. It was. Uh, so my idea for our conversation this week was, hey, how do you go from just burying your nose and reading from your your character sheet and just focus purely on yourself to being completely immersed in the table where you're having an organic experience and organic conversations? Kind of the I feel what has become almost the new goal of a lot of D&D tables, and how do you pull that off to be completely immersed in the game? Yeah. I love it. I, I mean, I think, I, and I completely agree. I do think that immersion really has become uh, a, a target mm -hmm. that a lot of tables now are, are to, to a different level. Uh, it's, it's just a, it's just a different animal, I think, than, than in tabletops of yore. the, uh, and, and I don't know how much that should be credited to the actual plays that are out there. The, obviously the, the giants like mm -hmm. critical role and, uh, Dimension 20. One of these days we're going to get one episode done without mentioning those people. It's, one well, day. It doesn't blow my mind that like, you it's know. like how you talk about, you know, basketball. Yeah, I mean, there's, and... there's you know, there's virtually any topic we talk about. The, the, those who are at the pinnacle of that space yeah. would. Yeah. But, but I do think, I, I think immersion is something that a lot of people are striving for. Mm -hmm. Like greater and greater levels of immersion. Yep. And uh, I, I would second the notion. I, I think uh, it's something you should be striving mm -hmm. for. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, everyone runs their own game. Everyone, right, does, right. But I, I don't, I don't see there being a really solid argument for less immersion. Well, yeah. What's the negative for more immersion? Yeah, I, mean, I, I, think, I, I think that probably there's some argument for like to what extents are you willing to go to? Yeah, um, you know, to the same like you know we don't cosplay at no, our table. Don't, or anything like there's absolutely an argument that 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 increases immersion. Mm -hmm. And as much as I'm repping that argument, mm -hmm. there's 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 virtually no world in which I'm gonna show up dressed at the table. Yeah, I, <laughs> so I mean, you know, I guess never say never. But yeah, um, I, I, I've thought about it once or twice. But uh, then it's a am I being self conscious and when I'm at the table and is that gonna pull me out of this experience? But yeah, we don't have to to dwell on the cosplay. But as far as like, and I think a great place to start with immersion is you've got to have a really fine-tuned game in order to get immersed. You know, everything's got to be on all gears and all cylinders. So I think a great place to start is pacing. Okay. Uh, can I can I tweak that just slightly? Absolutely. Because I, I think I think it pacing is a manifestation of just having a really solid, and I think you've said this maybe just in different words, mm -hmm. a really solid foundation. So that's DMs mm -hmm. out there have a solid foundation for your rules if you're oh, adjudicating. Yeah. Players out there have a solid foundation for your character yes. sheets, your your abilities, your you know. You don't have to have every. I don't. I I feel like I'm pretty up to date on my stuff. I don't have everything memorized. I still have to re reference it, but I have a yeah. good idea. Well, I think it's much for the characters. Obviously, in the grand scheme of things, the characters have a a smaller portfolio that they're keeping track. Oh of yeah, than, bless than, DM's hearts. Yes. Than, <laughs> well, but but just in the sense that I mean that, that's not to say it's an insubstantial amount to. To, to manage, but um, it's also a deal where there's so much of what the dungeon master is keeping track of mm -hmm. that in many cases the other players all also know. 
I mean, they know what a status effect does. Yes, yes. You know, depending on the status effect, they already know what that means. Right. So the dungeon master, that's off his plate all of a sudden. Like, yeah. you, you understand what it means to be unconscious. Right, What it right. means to be grappled, what mm -hmm. it means to be um, restrained, you know, what have you. Um, and the, on the player side, you know, I think the... Certainly, it's not a bad idea for dungeon masters to also be up on the player sheet, mm -hmm. but they've got plenty already going on. So I would just say showing up to the table with that foundation. That might be a good way to approach this. Or do you want to try like go like a pyramid? Yeah, I think we can I think we can scaffold that out. I mean, I think that's a great place to start is yeah, yeah. is, you know, and the this should be couched in the notion that if you're a new player, a new DM, you know, it's it's going to take time to get time. to this place. We're we're at the we're kind of talking about now running running a game and i would say immersion is a a next tier just mm -hmm. running the game is a huge accomplishment right. for a new dm just playing <laughs> in the game is, a, is an awesome accomplishment right. for a new player yes um, but we're talking about basically once you've gotten to that place where you're now going what can i do to take mm -hmm. this to the next level advanced tips here at it's, split ooh. screen tnd we're all about those just the tips just, just the advanced tips just advanced tips. um <laughs> um so yeah i think showing up having a solid foundation uh will begin to pay dividends into pacing and i think we can mm -hmm. begin scaffolding pacing kind of directly Above onto that, that foundation yeah. because i think even very uh, let's say new games, so new mm -hmm. DMs, new players start reaping uh, the benefits of showing up well-versed and well-prepared at the table Yes, uh, in their games running more smoothly, the mm -hmm. pacing feeling more akin to what should be transpiring for the characters, not for the players. That's not checking the rule book a dozen times right, over right. the course of a single session. Yeah. Um, one note on with, with regard to uh, pacing and rules, um, I, I would also throw out there that from an immersion standpoint, mm -hmm. and and use your judgment. There are times where you're in a battle, and maybe it's very important that you get this rule right. Okay. There are other times where maybe the what's transpiring in front of you is awesome, and mm -hmm. the pacing feels great. You can tell everyone's super mm -hmm. engaged. Part of your job as a DM is deciding when not to pull the rule book out. There might be times where you are on the fence about how mm -hmm. to adjudicate something. Mm -hmm. And I would say if it's at the expense mm -hmm. of a fully engaged table, right? It might just be better to go with your gut, to just to just, you know, go with what makes sense. Obviously, well, yeah, this common sense. Uh, yeah. You know. and, and so, you know, I think, but I think pacing is the reward granted to the entire table when every member shows up having having done their due diligence having prepared right. to to be sitting at the table so yeah from the dm side i know you have so much to prepare for a session i'm just trying to think for the player side you do want to have like mechanically you want to know what your character can do you want to know their, their powers and their abilities uh I, that's a given but also if you i feel like because a lot of the game especially if you want to get into the merchant side of is the social side of things and when you get into that layer uh, knowing your character's motivations, uh, you know, why are they doing what they're doing? And also uh, motivations, but also things that hold them back, uh, fears, uh, weaknesses, and that you're, you're, you're ready to act on those. Because I think we uh, a lot of times shy away from the, those aspects, like showing that your character is afraid. 
when actually that's the most engaging thing you can do sometimes and a lot of times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think I think the prep extends well beyond understanding your character sheet. And mm -hmm. and in in some regards from an immersion standpoint, much in the same way that I I just advocated sometimes it's better to not pull out the rule book. Mm -hmm. Um I would say there are a lot of bonuses to mm. um, the immersion that a player can get out of the game space by by kind of forgetting about their I, I, this. I know this sounds contradictory. This is I don't like this at all. Uh, <laughs> well, no, but but just in just in the sense that a good example of being too in tune with the fact that you have a character sheet in front of you mm -hmm. is skewing a social situation towards a role that will benefit you versus mm -hmm. allowing the situation you are immersed in mm -hmm. to dictate how your character would act. Maybe your character yes, is not intimidating, but you are pissed as hell. Right. And and this also, this gets into this, here's a really good example of the way those two, two um, dissolving of the mechanical or mm -hmm. the, 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 the that scaffolding hold hands well is let's say for instance your character does not do intimidation well you you go but you're in the moment you're right. pissed as hell and you just go for it right and it's like a gut shot like you i mean you nail that mm -hmm. that might be a space where i go i know from an adjudication standpoint i should have him roll i know he's probably not going to do great on this mm -hmm. That would be a place where I would look at that. And I don't need to pull out my rule book to know this, but I would just go, I, I would leverage your performance at the table, mm -hmm. uh, at least in your advantage. And you've, yes, you, we've okay. talked about this uh, yeah. before in, in terms of utilizing the advantage-disadvantage scale. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I think that there is no reason why um, someone who has a terrible intimidation who just delivers a, a massively intimidating performance mm -hmm, mm -hmm. still hasn't warranted a, a advantage on that role. Even if let's say they're getting a minus two on each role advantage is a very, very oh, potent, very powerful um, nudge towards success mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. as is disadvantage in the other direction. So, right. so that's another consideration is uh, is, Again, as as a DM, and we've talked so much on here about um, acknowledging when your players are interacting with the world in a way that, in this for the purposes of this discussion, mm -hmm. is further immersing the rest of the table. So yeah, reward it for sure. Why why not reward that? Yeah. And, and in many regards, um, you know what that means is is um, yeah. I guess you'd say mechanically or from a dice perspective mm -hmm. cutting them some slack um but that's also to say that you know more often than not people go for it and it might be it might be good it might be right. you know i'm talking about utilizing that as a means of really helping to adjudicate when when someone is is allowing the the immersion and the situation mm -hmm. that they're finding themselves in to supersede the numbers on their character sheet yeah no and i agree uh a, a large part um uh, and I think when I think about it, uh, what I'm starting to try to do a lot more with uh, my character is, is going with my gut. Just like, you know, I try not to overthink things, uh, and I, which I'll go into a little bit. But one thing I, I, uh, I automatically think of the, the character who is like trying everything that doesn't make sense. So 
you know, uh, just because it's like, oh, I don't, I'm not gonna look at my character sheet. I'm just, I'm just gonna start intimidating this barkeep for cheaper beer, you know. Uh, do things that make sense and yeah. things that your character. Well, would... and I think that that is antithetical to immersion. immersion. I mean, I think everyone else at the table is going to go like, "What? Are what, you are, what are you doing, bud?" Like, oh. you know. But, but certainly, you know, there's times where people at the table where an NPC is speaking to the party mm-hmm. or to a character in the party, yeah, in a way that that you can see the whole table going like, "Oh, are they going to stand for that shit? Like, is that yeah. going to, you know, and and maybe they've got nothing by way of intimidation, maybe that, but if they come back hot. I mean, you can again, you can feel the ebb and flow of mm. you know, that that those interactions playing out. Um and and I think everybody you know, can can feel the same uh the same kind of discordance when someone is doing something for the sake of doing it that's mm-hmm. totally off of their you yeah. know off of the cuff so I, I guess that's my one like caveat to that but yeah you, when you think about it if you're doing that then you're not going for immersion you're going for something else which i don't know what your goal is when you're doing that kind of stuff yeah and now i will say I, i'm sure there's some great hijinks and and uh but that's levity that can be generated but that might be an aspect of your character yeah that would have to you be know. your aspect yeah. of your character Wait, like, in which uh, case hakeem shashim uh, I mean, Hakim Shashim was he—he uh, he was a coward. Yeah, like so he'd run away and just do the most ridiculous shit. But that's who he was. Yeah, and I think that that's a good example of a, a way in which remaining immersed with that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little, a little context. This is just a character from one shot. One shot. Uh, who, oh. was, who was actually a, a really uh, enjoyable character. I'm really hoping that we're going to get to see more of. Hakim yeah, I'm really hoping to see. Um, practice my George Takai voice again. <laughs> And that, uh, machine. and that, uh, but that that really was kind of uh, a good example of a way that your immersion, your character may require that there are situations where you don't act heroically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might be the hero of the story, but they're they're you know uh, touching on the fears and weaknesses. Right. There might be Indiana Jones is never heroic around snakes. <laughs> no. He's the, which was makes him so amazing. And so uh, same thing with Han Solo. My like my favorite scene is is when he is. Uh, charging all the stormtroopers he's charging like a couple of them and then all of a sudden he runs away as he's getting chased by like like five times the numbers yeah i mean that endears him so much to you like yeah well i think it makes him it may there there's also some aspect of yeah i was going to say there's some aspect of your fears and your weaknesses that make you relatable yes um and and so now you touched on one thing with regard to and i think it ties into uh, well it certainly ties into pacing but mm-hmm. Um, going with your gut. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad you brought it, that back. Yeah. Um, there's a, a, a phrase called analysis paralysis and, uh, where you are so, am I, I think a big part of this mindset can f- come from that you're trying to win D and D right. Uh, where you're like, what is the most optimal outcome so that I can win? Yeah. Whatever that is. And I think once you let go of that, it, it really frees you up to being much more organic. I Well, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I hadn't really given that a huge amount of thought, but I think if there are people out there who are holding that notion, even more so DMs. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, uh, yeah. please, DMs, don't try to win against this. I, You'll win I, every time. I don't think there are many uh, <laughs> lasting DMs who are trying to win. Um, oh, God. Uh, have you ever seen Crit Crab before on YouTube? Yeah. He's just, just full of that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think so many horror stories come yes. out, of, out of that that and right vibe yeah. but i i really like that phrasing and i think actually 
wanting to win. I, this is literally rolling off my yeah, head. So I may it. I may think about this yeah, after yeah, saying yeah. it and have to amend it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. wanting to win as a player might be one of the greatest barriers to immersion that because everything about winning D&D &D mm -hmm. is antithetical to being invested in all of the other aspects of what's transpiring at the table. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there is there is no world in which being more immersed mm -hmm. brings you closer to winning D&D. If anything, it actually might be the opposite. the opposite. Um, you should be more focused on what role is it that's going to give you the best chances of success right. every time you're rolling Which dice? We, oh, I've played that way, and you yeah. can totally play that way, uh, but that's more of a, a dungeon crawl, Diablo type experience. Well, and I, I certainly think it's it begins to immediately cut the creativity of the experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're uh, not going to take risks if it's not optimal. Right. And, uh, you know, that's one of the most beautiful things about D&D is when you take risks, you're across from the table from a human being. Who understands the risk and can soften the blow a little bit if you want if you think it's pretty cool what you're doing or really like really Just ratchet it down and and uh falling rocks everyone drive, dri drive it home uh <laughs> you dare you, you <laughs> dare raise your fist against your dm die <laughs> i'm running an actual uh player versus dm one shot at some point where what, what chance you're literally god well, I mean, I'll give you, I will, I'll give you guys some benefit of the doubt in the scenario. It's just, but it'll just be like an ego maniacal. It would be kind me. of fun, like a, a battle room kind of a thing, where you're constantly just throwing enemies at us and seeing how long we can survive, kind of mm. thing. That'd be kind of a fun encounter. A little uh, wave survival. Yeah. Kind of. Oh, dude, I've, I, I, I love a good zombie encounter those things are so much fun i there you know what there may just be one of those yeah we are literally in, setting up the campaign for that so in, in, on the on oh, the horizon I'm, oh anyway i could right, let's get back on subject yeah let's so well <laughs> so we've i think we've started scaffolding out we've got this foundation yep we've got now, now that foundation is rewarding us with pacing and and that pacing is being further enforced mm -hmm. or reinforced by let's say characters choosing to act in the moment yes. rather than analyze every possible right. action um and that's a that's a big deal i think i think that yeah i think that might be uh a, 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 but let's flip that to the dm side um because you need to prepare for pacing because I, I really think yeah a player can bog down pacing but no one can kill pacing more than a dm yeah i i mean i do think pacing uh pacing is thoroughly i, I say thoroughly in the dm's domain um, but as with almost everything that's thoroughly in the DM's domain mm -hmm. can be totally squirreled up, uh, by, by, uh, a, a couple players with, Oh with, yeah. Oh yeah. We, we can, so. oh, and I will happily do it over and over again to infuriate <laughs> you. No, not saying, but you can have the best players in the world. And if you have a DM who can't know how to pace a game, the, the best players in the world have no shot. Right. Right. Versus the best DM in the world can probably pace, pace, pace brand new players. Yeah. Through. Yeah, I do think that they probably have more at their disposal as mm -hmm. far as controlling pacing. Because you're God. <laughs> Glad you said it. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it's it's indeed, indeed. And this uh, this is a, a I'm gonna say this is a phrase. Maybe maybe we even coined the the term officially, okay. but it's certainly one we've tapped on a number of times. Yes, it's one I've become uh, increasingly enamored with. Kind of thinking about because 
it really is, uh, and, and I think anyone who's run the game who, or I say who's run the game for a little while, mm-hmm. um, th- this is not to say this happens every session, this is not mm-hmm. to say this happens, but the, the more that you are running the game, the more you're finding yourself in this space mm-hmm. um, is, and, and I think this holds hands perfectly with immersion. It's, it's, it's the DM immersion, I think. Ooh, we're holding uh, hands right now. Yeah, for those of you uh, catching us via podcast. <laughs> well, you said hold hands. You, you missed Tuesday. a very homoerotic moment. Um, <sighs> one of many. Yeah. There, there, don't, don't, don't worry. Another one's coming <laughs> just around the bend. You missed um, it. No, uh, but the the DM flow state, and obviously we Ooh. didn't coin the term flow state. I no. mean, that's a... Uh, that that. Uh, but Oh, that's a heavy word, too. But the, the thing about... Uh, and this this definitely plays into pacing. Yeah, it's not a pacing that you can foist upon the world. Mm-hmm. The pacing, DM flow state is a place that I think you find yourself uh, in which you, along with the rest of the table, are completely immersed in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but of equal importance, or certainly in my finding of this space, uh, you have found yourself in an equilibrium where you are you have precisely the same amount of control over the story mm. as the rest of the because there's a lot of sessions where you maybe begin the session and kind of you've done your prep you've done your um but there are places where your players begin taking a narrative where uh, and and kind of this idea of as a DM, making sure you have prepped. I mean, mm-hmm. if you show up at a session and, and um, I have showed up to many a session where I've gone like, I guess I'm improving this one. Like, I mean, I might have an idea, like this is where we're at. I know what the rest of this dungeon looks right, like or right. this keep or, you know, what have you. Um, but, you know, just life gets in the way sometimes. And sometimes you have to improv more than others. Mm-hmm. But I think when you've done uh, an adequate amount of prep and that's mm-hmm. not necessarily session prep that's more world building kind of a thing or world building i think so much of it is you have you've prepared uh in the context of improvisation you have mm-hmm. you have oh uh and and this is again this yeah, is not gotta, something you just prepare for at the beginning of a session yeah, you, you have to go into you have to prepare for improvisation it's like an oxymoron right well there. well in the sense that if you've been dming for 10 years mm-hmm. Your improvisational preparedness presumably is higher than when you were DMing for your your very first session. Yeah, one would assume. And and it's so it's that, I mean, you can't really uh, like you said, you can't really prepare for improvisation. Right. But you can you can be more comfortable living in that space. But yeah. it's a it is a requirement because what's going to happen? It's almost like being in like a lucid dream kind of. Is you're in this flow state. You're in this mm-hmm. space where. Um, and again, it's a it's a feedback loop. If yeah. your players are not immersed and oh. you are just in it, you're never you 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 still won't get there. There's no, no it's, it's like a, it is a communal experience. I right. Think. If you play for an audience and the audience is not like in it, it is a soul sucking experience that you never ever want to have happen. I I, I I'm guessing you're talking from a musical yeah, standpoint. Musical standpoint. Yeah. Is- I mean, and I can completely <laughs> see. Uh, oh, it's horrible. And and that so I actually think that's not a bad uh, a bad um, analogy mm-hmm. is. But it's it's this place where because part of being in that state is relinquishing control. I mean, mm-hmm. the, they ha- the players have to have taken the reins from you mm-hmm. enough that 
Now you're going, okay, what's going to happen next? And the second as a DM, you're asking what's going to happen next. Now you are as akin to a player as you will ever be at the table. Mm. Um, and so this is why I really think I say the DM flow state, not just the TTRPG flow state. Right. Because I really think DMs have to work really hard to find themselves in the same level of anticipation and and wanting for like what's around the next corner right then you know players presumably are living in that space the majority of the time yeah. they're at yeah, the table we're, get, we're being thrown situations and we react to it but what's beautiful about finding yourself in that space is definitionally it means that the players are invested immersed and now they are the ones who are kind of telling the story and you are literally just you're 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 there on your toes, and you're you're having to be as agile as you will ever be at the table. So you're saying that like when you find yourself in these situations, that's not the time to be scared. That's the time to be like, oh, it's happening. This is it's happening, and to embrace it. Yeah, and I and you and you you know when you're there. I mean, there's times where you're improving mm -hmm. and you're not in that place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the vast majority of the time that you're you know that they go decide they're gonna talk to the guy who's offloading grain from a ship for at least there's, two hours. There's a, there's a pretty <laughs> damn good chance that you were like, Oh, well that was just a random guy. What's his name? Grain. What's his child's what's his, name? What's his, no, what's <laughs> I want to speak to his child. Now we've done that shit to you too. Yeah. Every now and then that comes <laughs> but, and, and here's another thing I'll say is as a DM, I mean, I think I, and I think there's, I mean, there's, there are pretty classic riffs on like the, the you know oh hey what's your name uh you have any brothers or sisters oh uh what are their names right uh, what are you and you're as a dm you're just going like, come on like yes <laughs> that's a, you know you're you're literally sparring with me right now right right but the beauty about sparring is you get better you get a hell of yeah, a lot better yeah, yeah if you want to learn yep and that flow state and and quite possibly as a dm especially a new dm mm -hmm. perhaps you find yourself in that state of immersion mm -hmm. and it's not until you have garnered a level of comfort in that space mm -hmm. that you enjoy being there. Mm. Um, I mean, I absolutely think the reason people sit in, in the DMC mm -hmm. is because uh, masochistically they like, they like being in those situations, yeah. but the more comfortable you get being there pretty soon, it becomes this, this you're chasing the dragon of, right. I can't wait until, you know, I, I'm sitting alongside them going like, Oh shit, what's going right, to happen next? Right. You know? Um, and and uh, also, as it sounds like you want to embrace being uncomfortable, which I will totally uh, say happens when you first, like, because uh, we've been trying to get more into this style of gameplay ever since we left 4E. And the beginning parts of this campaign, it was awkward. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, but th I think you're absolutely right. That's that's a sign that you are you are going in the right direction. Yeah, well, certainly you it want can to be. be. It, it certainly can yeah, be. Yeah, no, I should. I should very much. Chef is like, hey, if you are wanting that, if you're like, it's uncomfortable. I don't like it. I don't want to do this. Then you, you absolutely yeah. should. But, but yeah, as with anything, as you are improving at a skill, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you're skateboarding, you fall on your ass a hell right. of a lot, and it's not right. fun, it's the, you know. But the more comfortable you get doing that, the more you enjoy being in that space right. and, and being able to do it. Let's pivot a little bit, actually, out of game, if you're cool with that. or uh, kind 100%. Of, um, because I think there's so much that can be done to uh, bolster immersion mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that actually has nothing to do with oh my D&D &D or yes. tabletop RPGs in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, it's pretty much life, I think. Uh, you know, 
uh, to get in that flow state, especially from the player's standpoint, uh, especially when you're sitting there and you're not doing anything, uh, you have you have temptations to check out. You have temptations to ch- uh, check on your phone. I think phones uh, are phone, a- phones are a killer. There's a lot of people. Phones are amazing. They're they're fucking computers in our pockets. That I mean, I'll I think I'll never get over the fact of what iPhones are. But at the destroy the table because yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I think I. it's never really been a problem at our table, which I'm hugely grateful for. But well, we're not really big on that stuff. I Yeah, but I also think that, um, I mean, I've heard so many people. I've seen so mm-hmm. many. I've even seen, I've seen actual plays where people are checking out on their phones. And yeah. I'm just going like, it's it's such a bad look. It's, yeah. And, and I'll well, say, I especially for the, I mean, like, as a DM, if oh, that's got to glance be, around oh, your table. Break your heart. It's that that's a pretty that's a pretty uh demoralizing. I mean, right. it's the equivalent of being on that stage and seeing the audience yeah. like checking their watches for yeah. like when, oh. when when does the headliner come on? Right. This, you know, it's like so in that so when I when I think of that like why are you checking your phone? And it's probably cuz you're bored. Well, why are you bored? Well, you probably are like, "Hey, it's not about me right now, so I'm going to check out." I think you're doing a disservice to yourself and to the rest of the table because all this shit's happening. The game is not you. It's right. the group. Yeah. Uh, and so just don't check out. Yeah. I would also say boredom is absolutely symptomatic of poor pacing. That's also that's also true. And it so, be, so it's, it's pretty much the DM's fault. Is, it's, is really, that's exactly yeah, what it is. Everything is. And uh, <laughs> especially, especially, you know, if your players die or TPK, it's like, it's never. Is I don't think a, a party. No. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think there's a party on the planet that has ever died because of decisions they made. Uh, it's always been because the DM poorly <laughs> planned an encounter. Um, uh, uh, I don't know what to do. Uh, everyone dies. Yep, everyone dies. <laughs> um, no, I, so and definitely that's a way that you can break uh, immersion. Is kind of and there. I think there's a laundry list of things you can be doing at the table that really are going to detract yeah. from other people's immersion as as well as yours. Um, but considering you, you generally run music for our table. Yes. Um, not so much now that we're streaming cause we have to be really careful with that stuff. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's still, it's, it's been as long as we've been playing, it's basically yes. been in your domain. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say is there have been an uncanny number of instances where either, either you were just really on your game mm-hmm. or the stars just aligned where things are transpiring at the table and the soundtrack lines up in an, in such an unbelievable yeah. way. Uh, and that is the, the first endorsement of many endorsements. Uh, I, I would be blown away if there, if there is a table out there that isn't listening to some music. Oh my of some kind. Oh uh, yeah. But when you talk about immersion, you know, you want to talk about low overhead immersion. I, I, yeah. Get your tunes going, you know? So, uh, I'll hear it a little bit. I'll, I'll look up who it is. He's a Spotify guy and he's already created like mood blank situation, blank uh, atmosphere, blank. So all you got is like, Oh, this is hey uh, something serious is happening right now. Mood atmosphere. And you just click shuffle and you can pretty much find anything you need. Get, real. Get quick. me the name of it. I'll put the link in the description. Uh, actually, for... if uh, I'm breaking my own rule. Oh my. I'm so wa- sorry. Watch as the DM, as uh, I scan the table. I know. <gasps> Um, while I do this, you don't like my stories. I don't get better, <laughs> bitch. Uh. <laughs> um, while he's checking on that, um, no, I think I, I think. I mean, <clears throat> oh, here we go. 
Brian Davis is his name. If you search for him on Spotify, check it out. Wait, wait, uh, hold on, hold on. Boom, that's where Brian yeah. Davis is showing. B R I A N Davis. Uh, he has like every uh, playlist you could want. Uh, again, we can't do that so much anymore because we're now right, copyright, copyright. So we we have workarounds for that. Um, but but absolutely. Uh, and and this is something I would say is you know maybe you guys are just tossing on some tunes in the background. God knows for our four E campaign. I mean. We, God, we was, were playing uh, a whole a whole lot of uh, EDM and dubstep and all uh, sorts of just wrecking monsters, random and shit. Oh yeah, and- so yeah. I, I, whenever I think people think of music and D and D, they go like, "Oh, you listen to Led Zeppelin and Metallica," and there's nothing wrong with that. But I highly recommend free music. Uh, choose music that doesn't have words. Words really distract you from the uh, situation. Go with instrumental tracks and do things that fit the situation. Don't do like. No, don't get me wrong. Uh, I enjoy a funny track every now and then, but like I think every funny track on the Rakish Rovers playlist was every everyone else is a super serious, <laughs> and all of a sudden you come like <laughs> I just got to dance. That's me. Right, that, that basically uh, you have Josh to thanks for any of the uh, any any of the goofy a hero tracks. Win his own way. Um, <laughs> the the. I would say a big takeaway is, is if there is not someone who is responsible, who has taken ownership of music. And I highly suggest it not be the DM. They got enough going on. Yes. Yes. I, well, I mean, if you, if you're a DM and you love managing the music by all means, but I, I love the fact that I'm not messing with it and kind of talking about that same space of like sometimes just finding those moments that are just awesome that, you know, that kind of flow state space, mm-hmm. or even if it's just an awesome moment mm-hmm. i didn't plan that audio i didn't i hadn't right. I, that's one less thing that i'm controlling in the world mm-hmm. and and to to a greater or lesser extent with regard to immersion mm-hmm. a big part of what i'm gonna have to say as a dm is find ways to relinquish control over the game space and that's not always it's got to be hard uh, to do. an appetizing thing for dungeon masters yeah but it's uh, there's just no other way to to find it. I mean, mm-hmm. you can be in an amazing situation and your entire party is mm-hmm. totally engrossed and just I mean everything is awesome, but you know beat for beat how it's going to play out because you've planned this, you've right. done so much so much prep going into this. That will never be as meaningful to you or in my experience anyways as that same awesome situation mm-hmm. that the character spooled you into and you're going like Okay, we're here now. Let's let's yeah, let's do that. And yeah. and um, you know, to some extent, it's almost uh, this kind of desperate attempt to 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 find the player experience within the scope of of running the game. And 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 I know that's maybe not the most uh, that's maybe not the best way of saying that because mm-hmm. the first thing that came to mind was DMPCs and this kind of thing. It's just it's getting to that place where the same lack of assuredness that mm-hmm. a player has to carry at the table, uh, that, that being able to find that as a DM is not always an easy thing to do, let alone you can find it all the time and with it I mean, yeah. because you're ill-prepared, because you're um, – but finding it and it still being something amazing and memorable mm-hmm. is really kind of the boundary of that that space i think would you say i'm just trying to think relinquishing uh relinquishing control 
uh, is a is a, a keystone in order to get immersion. I'm thinking that, that that's almost a player character side. I could see, I'm trying to think if that that might hold water. Uh, I, well, certainly from a DM standpoint, and and actually I. I would even amend the phrasing because relinquishing control implies yeah. that at any time you need my permission to take control of the situation. Oh. You don't. It's just there are times in which players really exercise, and this harkens back to one of our earlier episodes, really exercise their agency. Yes. They are they are commanding what's taking place mm -hmm. at the table. And it mm -hmm. may be a character, maybe the entire party, but when they are really in that space, and mm -hmm. I don't think that you can find immersion as a player without accepting the encumbrance of the agency that your character yeah. must uh, exude at the table. And so, but, but for a DM, absolutely. I think uh, uh, we'll, we'll just say, um, I'm going to keep, I'll stay with relinquishing, but that, that seems to imply that you have a choice in the matter. Um, yeah, well, you technically do. Well, yes, but, but that's a bad look. That's a very it's a bad really look. bad look. Yeah. Um, I, I would just say being comfortable with uh, relinquishing, relinquishing control. control. That's it's more about about finding enjoyment in mm -hmm. that space than it is about actually relinquishing control. But I completely agree. I think to some extent it it bleeds into the player mm -hmm. side as well. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I was gonna say uh, from the player side, um, uh, so many situations where uh, just going off our own campaign where uh, Kat Naster will be having a very serious conversation. Kel's in the room. He's hearing everything. But I'm making the conscious decision to not interfere. That, that would take away from what's happening. I think that's one of the greatest questions you can always ask yourself as a player, and it's something I need to bring up more and more, is what my, I'm doing going to be adding to the positive experience at the table, or is what I'm going to be doing distracting from the, uh, for, you know. So... It is very difficult because uh, there are many times where I like Kel could say something right now, but I can see, you know, Amanda and Ariel are are in it, and right. if I were to suddenly jump in there, all of a sudden I shatter it. Yeah, and that is as sound device for any DM as could be oh. ever be floated out there. There are many many times where you just need to let your party have the exchange. Mm -hmm. You don't need to introduce. Uh, a guard to break right. up the converse. You don't need to enter, you know, you don't need that knock on the door that breaks things up. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. But that's the, where the wisdom and experience comes in. Yeah. I, and I think, again, I think that impulse to go, I need to drive this forward. I need to do something. Right. That is a, that's a response to the players are taking control of the scene. Mm -hmm. They are beginning to go, we are having this exchange. We're doing this. We're doing, and as a DM, you're going, I should be doing something. I should be, you know, that is not, that, that's a, I think that's an impulse that you, sometimes you need to feed. Mm -hmm. But I think as you get more comfortable with your players grasping the scene and making it whatever it is they want to make it, you go, I don't need to do anything. Like, mm -hmm. I'm I'm on autopilot, right? I mean, it's one of the best places you can be is to be able to sit back in your chair and watch something play out. Right. It is, it's it's relaxing. It's hugely rewarding because, I mean, no doubt. You set the play, basically, yeah, now you're watching the actors go. Th yeah, they're playing out a scene based on circumstances that have, that have you know, been presented to them by mm -hmm. you. Um, and I think especially... Um, 
new DMs, especially when people are starting out running the game, they really feel like they're not doing their job if they're not injecting brand new, exciting stuff right around every, you know, sometimes the most exciting thing that's going to happen in an entire session is that interaction, that, that, you know, a, a right. very important personal interaction and allowing that the space. Um, again, it, what's cool is the physicality of immersion mm -hmm. is, is there's been times so many times, in fact, and you, I mean, at our table, I've seen it uh, on other actual plays where you have two characters interacting with each other at a table and you can see the whole table start. Oh, I know. Right. The whole table begins leaning in and, and you can feel much like uh, a, a cinematographer that that scene is pushed. It's getting oh, to be yeah. a more close up. Everybody is, is being drawn into that scene. Mm -hmm. And that's a great cue as a DM to go, this is not the time mm -hmm. to introduce a fart joke. <laughs> you know, like, like maybe, maybe there's a go-to NPC who's been fart joking their way through the entire session. <laughs> okay. But that's not the time. Right, right, like there, right, right. There, and there might be, and it might be right after that. There's right. a great time where the scene ends and they get here and knock on the door. Right. And it's, you know, it's and that's just old the stanky pants. Right, right. To, and which would be actually a really good thing. Like if you have a really, really serious hardcore thing where people are really emotional, you got to break the mood a little bit. It could make sense, but that's just reading a room. That's having social skills. That's having. Yeah. And I think uh, so much of that and so much of, I think what we talk about here really does come down to, you know, hopefully this, these conversations are getting people, both players and DMs thinking about, thinking about things that, that maybe you would, you wouldn't come to on your own if you hadn't been running, running the game or playing the game for like 10 years for, for some, some substantial right. period of time. Some people it'll be session two and they're like, they're off to the races. It just depends on your table, but it really is. It's a deal where I think, um, so, so much of that, that plays into the immersion aspect is right. uh, allowing, and this does harken back to pacing, allowing that pacing to, mm -hmm. to lull when it's important to, to just have that moment, that quiet moment. But you also need to be able to uh, ramp it up when it needs to ramp up. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, and, and, uh, I know we, we were talked about pacing as being, you know, kind of in the DM wheelhouse, um, but to the, to the kind of to the DM flow state point, um, you know, I am elated when a player does something that elevates the pace, like ratchets the pacing up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a good example was, I mean, a great example of things playing out. This is when you guys were in old Peltark and the gith arrive. Um, and that whole scenario, holy fuck, just switched. Oh, uh, that was an intense, like, yeah, it was, it was, we not, went, but, <laughs> but the crazy part is, it's, I mean, my prep involved, okay, this is the remainder of this. Yeah. Oh uh, of of was... the old Peltark bolt. I could not have anticipated that Aster was going to use her ability that would uh, mm -hmm. uh, ping the gith and right. so that they would be able to locate her. So kind of in real time, that was a decision she made that that yanked the the narrative out of my control. Oh, that was so intense. And, and then at that point, oh, as they came in, and it made for a far more interesting conclusion to that space than it would have been if you guys had taken a long rest and gone in and dealt with the pit lord in whatever manner you would have dealt with. Right, right. Them. No, it was a, um, oh, fuck. How are we going to? So we just killed a Hydra. And then, so we're, we actually fucking wrecked that Hydra. 
We were doing pretty good. We're like, hey. yeah. We were riding high. We're like, oh, yeah, we fucking killed the Hydra. All of a sudden, Gith drop out of a floating ship and are after Aster. Like, well, fuck, we've used a lot of our abilities. The reason why we we're so fresh is we used a lot of our abilities. So, like, okay, what do we do? So, we ran back to a pit lord that was bound to a room yeah. and used a pit lord to attack the Gith. It was, yeah, and it's staged for a far oh. more interesting engagement than, than it would it have been. Insane. If, it was insane. If, let's say, she hadn't used that ability, mm-hmm. and maybe you faced the Gith after you finished Old Peltark. Right. Maybe you faced uh, the Pit all Lord. fresh and all before, that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, it, it, and, and so it's a good example of the way in which her deciding to use that ability yep. ratcheted the pace up. Oh, yeah. Like, there's just no, you know, I, I, it, it, I no longer had a say in right. whether this was going to go to the next level. And this, or not. this brings me to uh, so uh, we're talking about uh, flow state, and one of the things with flow state, uh, if you want to get in the flow state, is you want challenge to be challenging, but not impossible, but you don't want things to be easy. You You're need talking that. about kind of the traditional coining of the of the right. flow so, state. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, think about that with pacing. It sounds like you're kind of doing that. You're like, yeah, you have your easy encounters. But you need to ratchet it up every once in a while. It's like it's overarching. It's not like ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. I think over a let's say a given session. You yeah. Know, I mean, if you're going to find yourself in that place as a player or um, as a DM, there are really really difficult combat encounters. Say, you guys, old Peltark is. I mean, old Peltark is going to get a lot of pinging here because. That was, was a monster. Shit. Um, I'm excited as well. We're about to do another dungeon crawl, so we'll see what happens here. Tune in to Rakish Rovers. Ooh. Plug. Little, little plug there. Um uh, That's, that's uh, June 1st for those of you uh, who haven't checked out. Oh, I don't uh, know when this is going to be released, though, but uh, probably before June uh, Yeah, 1st. it should be before. Yeah. Um, but with that, kind of with that in mind, um, I, I really do think that the ease or difficult like we've we've played some very in old peltark there there were two separate combat encounters in which one player had single digit health <laughs> and that was oh it was so much I mean, it was that fun. close to to a oh, tpk that's the shit i live for i love that shit but but something i'll say is because those were pretty i mean i i i, I have nothing bad to say about the pacing of those encounters mm-hmm. but the challenge of those encounters was mm-hmm. high enough that like we could have we kind of passed through and popped yeah. that bubble of yep. now you can see where the players are going like oh shit okay okay and you can see people starting to yeah. go i need to take this more seriously mm-hmm. and and that is not to say that you can't have a very tense uh level of immersion yeah certainly if you're running a combat and your players are going like oh no That's, no it's good. they're immersed like, yeah, yeah they're, i mean they're engaged it. with that with that combat but i absolutely think to your point of of scaling difficulty you can push difficulty to a point where morale begins to a hundred and yeah, a really interesting one. Uh, the uh, psychosis, uh, Aster's psychosis Draco Lich fight. I 100% saw that exact uh scenario play out in which the players were realizing because because by definition it was too difficult an encounter yes yeah we and were and players overhead. were realizing this well before they were dead yep and you could see them going like their minds are starting to slip to their next character sheet yep they're not thinking about what's happening here which so is not a, a bad thing which no it's not but but it's just one of these deals where if you push that difficulty right. too far 
their minds start going to. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, it starts going to mechanically. This is too difficult. Right. Not not. It's rare that you see players who feel that they are outmatched by mm -hmm. difficulty. Harness that as immersive fuel. Yeah. You know, it's it's rare that you see them go. I know I'm gonna die here, and it seems pretty unfair. But I'm gonna go out in in like true. That's, that's my if fashion. if I could go back, and I don't know if I was doing that. And if I was, I, I would go back. That was a that was during the cabin trip where yeah. it was like is intense D and D. Yeah. Uh, but if you are finding yourself in that situation, either one, run away because I mean that's what your character would do. If you're like, if you're fighting a dude who looks like the mountain hand to hand, you're probably not gonna fight that dude. Yeah. Uh, but also, hey, if you're gonna die, don't start immediately checking out. Embrace, I'm about to die. Yeah. That's well, a huge moment. I, I would absolutely say from an immersion standpoint, that's a difficult thing to ask of a player when they're staring down their own mortality. If your goal is not to win D&D, though, I think that's a very... C certainly, I think that barrier it helps. To, yes. To, um, but I agree, that is a is very anti-traditional games. Yeah. But I do think, much in the same way that you're probably feeling like... This is my character. I made this character. I've been with this character for however long. Mm -hmm. What do you owe that character in mm, their death? That's a good you point. Know? Because you, if your if your rationale for being in the place where you're going, like I can't believe that we're all going to die right here. Right. Well, presumably that's because you care about this character. How how would you want that story to end? I have sent Kel to his death many times. There's many times I've made an action. I was like, Kel's probably gonna die right now. I I I there's a couple I can think of specifically. <laughs> I was like, and, okay. And a couple where it's like it's it's pretty nuts that he didn't. Like the specifically the devourer, that one uh, when you were in Gallus's chamber, the big Oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh that that one I, I thought was gonna be that was gonna be it. But yeah. No, I survived. Kel's Kel's a fighter. He's a he's a survivor. That's yeah, all. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess getting back to to we've we've kind of touched on music. Uh, oh. I certainly think uh, yeah. food and drink um, can be, but can also be distracting. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But I'll say nothing is going to dismantle people's immersion as a bunch of growling stomachs. Like you yeah. know, I mean, and most people, you know, whatever they order their pizzas, they do their yeah. whole. They've got I their. Do they've an got episode their, on like our favorite grub, their top routine. ten favorite grub. Do top ten lists do well. The, yeah, top. We'll, uh, we'll we're going to hit the sellout train at some point in which we. Have oh, to, I'm there, baby. Gonna, I'm there. Oh, I'm, I'm. I was there when we started. <laughs> um, no, no, I, I do. I actually, I, I agree. And there's a lot of actually good top tens to yeah. talk about in the in the tabletop and D and D. Should, yeah, but um, as far as so going off that, yeah, I 100 agree. Uh, if you are hungry, that's a distraction. That's like a basic human need. Yeah. Um, so uh, just a quick point for DMs. I mean, presumably you're the one hosting the games. Not always. Sometimes yeah. some DMs are traveling. Um, if you feel like your players are distracted regularly, like figure out how everyone can eat before you start your game. I mean, or just, just make or sure bring that it people, up. Are, people are comfortable. There's, you if know. you're playing with people, there's usually one person like, yeah, I can bring over a couple of frozen pizzas. Or if you have that bomb-ass person, yeah, I'll bring over my slow cooker and mm -hmm. we can have a, like a proper thing. You know, shoulder. I need some oh. cold shoulder in my life. I know, right? Um, but but uh, 
no, I mean, so so food and drink. Uh, I think the food one is just is more of a don't let it be a right a dismantling factor. Right. The drink is a little a little bit of a, yeah, a different. Yeah, we've we've had problems with yeah, that before. Most most people I think are most people I guess who would be listening to this. Most people who are playing D and D are uh, of the alcohol consumption range. Maybe. Um. Well, I think I think pretty definitely most. But really. Oh, I yeah. have no idea about the demographic. Well, so I, I'm I, curious. I mean, I, that's not to say that there isn't some substantial subset of people who aren't. Right. Likely, they may still be. Um, you know, but what, whatever, whatever they're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, okay. Well, let's just go with the assumption that we're talking. Hey, we don't talking, drink alcohol until you're over 21 years old, and definitely don't drink and drive. What if What if they don't live in the uh, continental United States? If you're in Britain, hell yeah, do your thing. Okay, Where, whatever your, your legal drinking <laughs> age is, Europe or wherever the fuck um, you are. Yeah, but but ultimately, I think it it really is a, a deal where absolutely, in terms of immersion, I mean, there's a reason. There's there are all manner of uh, of things that you consume, alcohol being one of them, that uh, might aid or inhibit this. Yeah. So that that uh, yeah, I am a person. If you get a, a couple of drinks in me, I loosen up a lot. Um, there's a reason why I'm drinking beer during these things. Um, you've been drinking beer this whole time. Yeah. Surprise motherfuckers. This ain't water. Um, it's close, but it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> I try to watch my figure. God drink the light beers. But, um, that being said, there's a part of me that's like, but you're using a, uh, a drug to get as uh, a desired effect, but I, as I don't see a problem with it. As a, but there is a point. Yes, there's absolutely a line in which, um, which it, I have crossed many a time. Uh, I, I would also say that it's a more catastrophic crossing if you're the DM. <laughs> yeah, fair uh, enough. I mean, it, it's you know, and I do think I think that, um, but it, but it's at least worth noting. If we're talking about immersion. We're talking about music. We're talking about. We haven't touched on kind of a music's part of ambiance. Yeah. But, you know, don't be afraid to kick those lights down. Or oh, a couple yeah. of beers or yeah. wine or whiskey or whatever it is that you're whatever gets everyone feeling mm. like they're badass adventurers who are gonna go. Yeah, when you're in a tavern quest. and drinking a beer, drink an actual beer if you're of age. Do it. You, Regardless. All the cool kids are doing it. Are you cool? Peer this, pressure it works. This is officially uh this is officially are we gonna split get, screens. Uh, I, we, this is what's gonna get us demonetized. We, we, uh, or I, I don't even know if we're monetizable. Probably not. Video, we say yeah. fucked way too many times. Yeah, probably. Fuck, 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 fuck. Well, this episode's gone now. <laughs> um no, but I, I think I think that that really is kind of there's so much that you can do not inside your game. There's plenty you can do inside your game. Outside your Absolutely. game. And there's so much about all of the episodes that we talk about that really hearken to these are the things that you can do at your table mm -hmm. to aid with that process of finding mm -hmm. that flow state, finding that immersion uh, yeah. at the table. Um, something that you know very few episodes are going to give us the opportunity to talk about mm -hmm. is is what can you do outside of that space. Yeah. So I definitely think I know for me, you know, I, I mean, I'm I I. I drink like a fish. So, oh yeah. Uh, it, and, it does, and if you do drink like a fish, also drink water. Drink one beer. Drink one water. Because vitamin like B you. and vitamin B. Oddly, uh, as you get older, brought to you by Pfizer. Hey, oh, dude. Yeah, pharmaceutical companies. Back <laughs> <and stop. laughs> um, no, but it's it, so. I I really think that you know 
the to to harken back to our little scaffolded out pyramid. Okay, so we've so got, we got we've got our foundation. Right, we've that's got, knowing your rules, knowing your character, knowing it's just know your role and shut your mouth. Right, right. Maybe 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 don't shut your mouth. No, don't shut your, your mouth, especially if you're the in DM. Fact, actually, open your mouth a lot. There's a bunch of talking that we have to do, oh. but uh, yeah, well, it's Tuesday. Um, there it is. But so <laughs> we've got our foundation. Boom. Okay. All right, next uh, layer. Scaffold it on top of that. Well, I should say, just magically scaffold it up from having a solid foundation uh -huh. is solid pacing. Your pacing is I playing agree. out. Bing, bing, bing. You're moving through the world space of your game mm -hmm. in a more efficient manner because everyone's prepared. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of then scaffold it up on top of that. Uh, I don't know if I, I use, we've used the word flow state. I think that's above that. Trying to get into that flow state. Well, I think that's kind of the, Pinnacle? that's the, that's the Illuminati eye at the top of the okay. pyramid. I really, I think, I mean, for the DM, like I said, I do think it's a different animal than it is for. Cause for uh, yeah, I think if you're, yeah, yeah. I think for us, we can probably get there around there. What would you say is your next well, step? Well, I just think once you're at a place where let's say lights are, are up, Everyone is completely sober. People maybe even a little bit hungry. Uh, you know, the room is silent. Oh. Other than what you're talking about, now's the time to go. We we've kind of we've got the and foundation buttoned okay. down okay. for the game. I see what what can we start doing outside of the game to 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 really push that ambiance? Mm -hmm. If you have, uh, there is a game, and I think is a perfect example of ambiance uh, called Ten Candles, and I think it's one of the coolest mechanics. Okay. That uh, an, a, a tabletop RPG oh, it's a tabletop. Okay. Uh, has has ever implemented. Okay. And you turn all of the lights off, and there are ooh. ten candles burning in the center of the that's, table. Ooh, a circle of nice. ten candles. Like and it's, it is a a we'll call it kind of a, a love oh, well, even Lovecraftian almost, ooh, but a horror. Oh, I know. I know you're not big on the horror, oh, but, but just, just hear, like me, hear me out game. from a, from a, from a, uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it, every system is what you make of it. Yeah. Right. Know? Oh, so it's an orgy game, but, uh, but no, the, the, to, I think this really hits the, on the head of how much, uh, atmosphere plays into your yeah. version. The idea is you have these 10 I candles and failure in the campaign is marked by blowing one of those candles That's out. Sick. That's a great idea. And when the last candle's blown out, everyone dies. That could be you could use that in the and in the oh, counter too. I I have I have thought so many times oh. about how I want to tie what a but 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 imagine like you have the most visual representation of yeah. the morale the you know and and everyone starts the game knowing that they're going to die. They're the, the end of the, the campaign ends it's literally you are the, going to die. Yeah, it's the telling of Love the story crack, of yeah. the last days of of these people's lives. That's okay. the whole game. Is is that's interesting? Is them surviving in this? That's interesting. But every time, so failure instead of it being like oh, you, certain amount of hit points are marked down, certain amount of a failure occurs. The group is trying to accomplish things. Candle. Something fails, a candle goes out, and the room gets darker and darker and darker. And when the last candle goes out, that is it. And and it's a perfect exemplification of how much immersion. What a simple oh, mechanic that is. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's an unbelievable mechanic. That's it's awesome. a really really came up with that is a cool deal. concept. It's yeah. yeah. Um, but so, okay, so I see what you're saying. Flow state is the ultimate. And I see what you're saying. Like yeah, if you're a player and you're hungry, if you have distractions, if you're looking at your phone, you cannot enter flow state. No, no doubt. I mean, yeah. and I think as a DM, for the most part. 
we definitionally are more shackled to the engagement of the game mm -hmm. because someone's constantly asking right. something Versus of us, you. we can check out for, man, sometimes it's 30 minutes to make it oh, be longer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, there's times where something's playing out. The party is split. I mean, uh -huh. I, I would say aside from the the classic never split the party, there's a there's a rationale to that. But purely from an engagement standpoint, a DM can only do so much to bounce between yes. those two. You know, there's something to be said for for an argument for staying engaged in the narrative. Right. Which um, really helps during those because we, we have had that happen quite a bit, actually, in this campaign. Yeah, I think I mean, you guys have opted to do your own things. Yep. Luckily, in a lot of cases, we can jump. Pretty, right, pretty quick. But it's not like opposite ends of the continent, which no, would be a big, no, you know, no, a big yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and, and then, like I said, I really think the pinnacle of that pyramid, and it's something certainly as a DM, I, I can't speak for uh, the player side, but it really is when you start putting all of those pieces together, there are occasions where you find a glimpse where as a, and again, I can't explain it from a player standpoint, because as a DM, it's something I think akin to, sitting alongside your players and discovering the story with them. I, th I think from the player standpoint, it's just where you are lost. You are no longer caring. You're just kind of the same that you're observing or you're, 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 I guess you're, sometimes you're an actor in it, but it's, it's, you're not really concerned with a lot of other things. You're not concerned with what time it is. You're not concerned about anything else. You're just totally plugged in. I, I think that, uh, that is the space that so many tables are aspiring to be. Yes, and and, and it's not like we're there all the time. For goodness' sake, uh, no. I I I legitimately think it's a it it is such a potent experience at the table. It's what draws you back. Right. It's, when, it's that sweet sweet drug that uh the blue crystal. Oh, okay. It's we're, uh, we're yes you yeah we're comparing meth. it to meth. Meth. It's meth. What's what's the new fentanyl? Is that the new drug? Yeah, fentanyl. That's the one that's killing everybody. Yay! Yep. Go, go, pharmaceuticals. So let's end. Let's end this one on a uh. high note. Uh, <laughs> fentanyl. Today's episode is brought to you by fentanyl. Um, I heard it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but uh, if I could, list, thinking about everything we've talked about, if I could give players one piece of advice to help, I think in order to break, because whenever we think game, we think we have to win, and so maybe changing your mind, not. Maybe changing how you win D and D, but don't become obsessed with being of winning D and D. Maybe winning D and D is trying to get to that flow state instead of you know. that. I think is uh, one. It is a equally noble aspiration and a harder to attain because mm -hmm. winning winning D and D. Oh, e I, I think is actually pretty easy and boring as hell. Mm, that's an interesting thought. I mean, the, or at least the things you could do that would make you win D&D &D uh -huh. are pretty prescribed. You look at your character sheet, you go, right. these the, are the eight things these that are the I thing do well, I do well. And, if, and I will you, never do anything else. Yeah, that is boring as hell. Yeah. I, and I've done it. And it, it, it like, it, don't get me wrong, I still do it. But um, there are times when you need to depart from that. Absolutely. And I think, so I, I think that's a pretty... Um, pretty solid endorsement for looking toward that flow set. I like that you brought the the game notion up because the very first episode, why we D&D, &D, mm -hmm. uh we touched on the notion of uh I don't remember who who brought it up, but dispensing with the 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 idea of a game. 
because mm. it's it's simply bigger than that. Yeah, it's it, just it's not it's not that anymore. I mean, there's no. there really isn't a, another game that you can think of. And, and this, I, I this, guess it is a game, but it's it's not your traditional sense of a game. No, no, and and uh, to, I mean to a, a a great point to that, and then then we'll wrap this up. But yeah, yeah, we're probably a, over. <laughs> a great point to that is there are so many people who I have. Uh, described the modern myth endeavor to, mm-hmm. and they cannot fathom why you would ever stream a game. Like why, why, why would anyone ever want to watch someone play Dungeons and Dragons? And and uh, you know there's there's millions and millions and millions of Million. reasons floating around out there. Yes, uh, <laughs> critical Money. role. Yeah, way to go, professional <laughs> voice actors who are classically trained. You no, dicks. No, but it's but it's so it's a deal where like. If you're thinking about it purely as a game, mm-hmm. I agree. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. How could you possibly, you know, how could you possibly watch people crunch numbers on dice at a table for but it's not that. It's, it's so not. much more if, than yeah, that. Yeah, if you're watching that, that means you haven't gotten the first pillar so well. You haven't gotten the base. If you're there crunching numbers for like a while, yeah, that's gonna totally kill immersion. You haven't gotten your base yet. Right. And I think as you move towards that more immersive state, um, you you certainly are moving towards a place that is, uh, let's say, more digestible mm-hmm. via an audience. Which, yeah, so. which again, critical role. I think example. Man, watching Matt uh, Mercer run a encounter sometimes it's like it's watching art. It's yeah. amazing. Well, I think it is. I I mean, I don't think that's hyperbole. Yeah. That's it. It legitimately is. I mean, it's no different than watching someone. Uh, do a live painting or yeah. play music or play. I mean, it's it's its own thing. Yeah. Um, to mirror your point, uh, DM side, don't shy away from those moments where your players are doing exactly what they should be doing, which is grabbing the reins out of your hands and going, "Thanks, bud. I got it from here." I'm going. I that that stump that you described, that yeah. hollowed out tree stump. I'm going to crawl down that thing. I got to see what's down there. And you go like, really? Like, you don't want to go into the rune-covered cave entrance? That, no, you know, no, you're not going to go. Nope, I'm going back to that stump. <laughs> the beauty is, is they have just asked you to join them in flow state. Yeah. Now you can You can say no, or you can hand them the reins and hop on for yeah. the ride. Yeah. And and that is that is the biggest thing I would say is get comfortable with your own existence in that space. Get comfortable with allowing the players, or or I should say, with in uh, joining the players in spaces where they have taken a narrative in a totally different direction, and you will be rewarded hand over fist. It's mm-hmm. the best. It literally is the best place to be a DM. There's I I don't think there's any comparison. Yeah. Um, that's, I think, the DM side. I think you side. banged out the player side. Yeah. Uh, this has been Immersion right here at uh, Split Screen D&D. Yeah. And um, uh, do you have something? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, other All than right. uh, if you would immerse yourself down in the comments zone yes. and uh, drop. And and this goes for really uh you know, all of you out there, whether you're catching us via podcast, whether you're catching us via YouTube, uh, if you want to support the channel, well, certainly we really appreciate you guys checking us out on Very the podcast. Much. We're I seeing, uh, we just saw actually a big spike over this last weekend. So thank you guys so much. Um, for those of you over on the YouTube side, it helps us out a tremendous amount to drop those comments, hit that like, 
you got to subscribe and hit that little bell to catch those notifications Absolutely. so you never miss an episode. I don't even know if I mentioned that uh, these are the episodes where we attack all things D&D from both sides of the screen. Um, so anyways, I forgot to do that. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's usually a thing, but yeah. maybe it wasn't this time. Uh, Whatever the case is, thank you guys so much for joining mm-hmm. us uh, right here on Split Screen D&D. All right, so situation. Oh. All right, you're a night oh. hag. And you are. Do you see? Do you see my night hag hand? Yeah, that's a night. That's a nice little creepy, okay. creepy little night hag. I wish I had like a know, right? thing that I could. Fucking cool enemies, by the way. Uh, night hag, and you are. Uh, you have captured a little. No, let's go with a teenage girl, and you're scaring her and doing all the things night hags do, and you're. That's the thing, and you have to end with it. World is yours. Am I? Can I? Can I be completely nude? Is that fine? I, I think that's a. Uh, is that that's a, usually how it works? Is that a prerequisite of yeah. being a? a if you want to, if you want to get in character, you go right ahead. Immerse yourself. <sighs> <laughs> All right, I got my night hag hand out. You know, you know, Missy, that your friends aren't coming for you. No one's coming for you. <laughs> And if they do, he glances back to the cauldron that is already boiling. You can see some sweat beating on the uh, the young girl's face. They'll make a tasty meal. But for all of you, the world is yours. <laughs>